This morning, um, before I go into the passage that we want to look at, I just would like to share with you something about our God and the principles that He has laid upon our hearts that are at work in our lives today. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not human that He should lie, not a human being that He should change His mind. Does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? Obviously, these are all rhetorical questions. And the answer, of course, we know. God is not human. God is God. He does not lie. He does not change. And then in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'd like you to put, the, put this in the back of your mind as we go through what God will impress upon our hearts today. The fact is, God, Jesus, are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'd like you to think through the process of how this will impact you today. Because if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then his principles will remain the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Like this. Disobedience is always unfaithfulness. Obedience is always faithfulness. Say amen. amen. And disobedience has bad consequences. Obedience has good consequences. The operating principle is very simple. You reap what you saw. There is always an effect for every cause that we put in operation. So this morning, as we read the passage that I would like to expound on, I'd like you to put this in the back of your mind. Disobedience has bad consequences. Obedience has good consequences. Shall we all rise and read scriptures? We will read about Judges. We will read about Judges chapter 2, and the context of what we will be reading is simply this, that the 12 tribes entered the promised land and were settling in their appointed areas or land. Can you picture what's happening? They now, they now moved out of Egypt into the wilderness. They've defeated all of their enemies, and they're now entering the promised land. Wonderful picture, isn't it? And from slavery, they are going to experience freedom and a lot of abundance into the promised land. And let's read the story from Judges chapter 2. Let's read it together. Joshua chapter 2, verse 6 to 15. After Joshua... Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated at Timnath, Sarah. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Do you see what's happening here? After just one generation of obedient people who served the Lord, just one generation, there rose a generation who grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord. Christianity is just one generation away from extinction all the time. Let's continue. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to the raiders who stole their possessions. He 
Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them. Wow. Every time, every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them. Wow. Causing them to be defeated. And the people were in great distress. Within one generation, folks, what started as a blessing became a curse. Curse, constant defeat and distress, even in the promised land. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we bow before you this morning, asking you to help us to see who we are, where we are. Help us to see the lessons we need to learn from our great, 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 great grandfathers of the Christian faith. Lord, help us to see the condition we're in. Help us to see the curse even we're in. And Lord, help us to break this and do what is pleasing in your sight so that the blessing that you had intended for us from the very beginning will once again flow in our lives. Lord, we humble ourselves. We are so blind. We are so already blinded with our situation and many times we even refuse to accept and believe that we are where we are right now. So Lord, would you, would you grip our hearts Humble us and change us, Lord, as we have sung from the inside out. Lord, I commit myself to you. I can't do this apart from your spirit. Be the one to teach your people, Lord. Make us do what we need to do, Lord, to make an impact in our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. What was the curse then? The curse that the people of God faced after they entered the promised land and they were enjoying their life, they faced a curse because they disobeyed God. What was the curse? Constant defeat and distress by the enemy in the promised land. That was what they faced. God simply didn't allow them to win anymore because they were just so hard-headed. What about today? Mm, what about today? Is there still a curse today in our promised land? Hey, this is the promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. You know, we just had a new member yesterday, okay? Welcome to the promised land, Lynette. I hate to tell you, this land is cursed. <laughs> wow. Is there a curse today? Let's see. Let's look at the facts again about Christianity, shall we? You know, um, I, was, I was into a discipleship arrangement with um, some, some couple uh, this, this week, and he said, Pastor, if the people don't get the message, keep repeating the message, okay? So the message will be the same for the next 20 Sundays, okay? Until you get it. See the reality we are, we are in today, and you be the judge yourself. I really believe, you know, just be objective, okay? Don't shoot me, I'm just the messenger. Satan and the world system is defeating Christians today indeed. Look at the numbers. Barna, Barna is a respectable research group. Divorce rate in America is now about 50%. BA higher than atheist. What's BA? Not, that's not Bank of America, it's born again Christian. Born again Christian, Born-again Christian divorce rate is 32%. That is higher than the atheists, guys. Seven out of ten children live in single-mom households. Why? Because of the divorce rate, right? When people divorce, children are left with the mom most of the time. That's why single-mom or single-parent household. Abortion 
and premarital sex among young Christians are no different from non-Christians. Suicide rates on the rise due to depression. These are all facts. I am not making this up. I just want you to see the situation we're in. You know, guys, until we see the problem, we will not do anything about it. We will remain, remain complacent. What else? Same-sex marriage is the trend and now growing in America. You know that. State after state is approving same-sex marriage. A new generation of adults bends moral and sexual rules to their liking. And church population nears 100 million in the U.S. today. This was in 2007. It's now eight years after. I wonder how big it is today. The spirituality of moms, woo, outpaces that of dads. Dads, do you agree? Uh, you're quiet if I think it's an approval. You know, you're, you're, you read, I think you're agreeing. Okay. Another survey among Christians in America show this. 20% do not regularly go to church. 25% do not pray. These are among Christians. 30% do not read the Bible. 40% do not tithe. 75% do not serve. 90% do not share the gospel. But 100% would like to go to heaven. <laughs> Growing post-Christians in all age groups. Largest among the young people. Again, my heart goes out to the young people. You know, we love you. We look at you today. You know, we will be dead in 10, 15 years, but you will be facing this reality, folks. You will be facing a situation where Christianity will become the minority. And the more you realize how difficult your situation is, the more you may give up and the more you will blend into the world. We don't like that to happen. That's why it's my job. It's the job of your leadership, the job of your, of your pastors and teachers to tell you, to wake you up and tell you there's something wrong going on and you need to be alerted. You know, this is a, a diagram I showed you. These are four age groups. You call them the boomers, the elders, the, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the busters and the millennials, okay? As you can see from, from the oldest to the youngest, the number grows. That is what you call the post-Christian segment. Post-Christians is a group within that age segment who no longer believe that Christianity is the most influential um, uh, truth in their lives. In other words, the younger you go, the more post-Christians you have. Meaning, people, the younger you go, the young people no longer believe that Christianity should influence their lives. You realize what I'm saying here? And therefore, Christianity is really, really, really faltering. Tell me, is that a picture of defeat? Say it louder. Yes. You know, the more you deny, the more we won't do anything. It's a picture of defeat. And I submit to you, that's distressing, isn't it? You know, uh, parents, just, just look forward and see what your future, the future of your children, they'll be facing. But you see, one thing I love is that we have a great God bigger than all of these things. And we just need to know what God wants us to do. Because I really believe God has something for us. And like before he delivered his people, he will deliver us all over again. Do you believe that? I really believe that, but we need to do our part. <clears throat> the curse then was this, constant defeat by the enemy, distressed people of God in the promised land. Curse today, I think it's the same, constant defeat by the enemy based on those numbers, based on those statistics, distressed Christians even in the promised land, even in America. You know, guys, when God, when you heard the gospel, when, when you were born again, when you were excited about your newfound life, you were very excited, right? I mean, you know, you, you know as, as, as Pastor Insong said, you, 
you, you will share with everyone that you can see. You know, you are on fire. But what, what happened? All of a sudden, that dwindled. That died. And we just blended in to the world. And worse, we became complacent and we just move on with our lives, going to church every Sunday, going home, going to church every Sunday, going home, going to Bible study, going to church every Sunday, going home, etc., etc. You know, I really believe preaching will not change lives. Because if it did, our lives would have changed already. There is something else that we need to understand that we need to do to be able to make a difference in the world that we're facing today. The curse is the same. Nothing really, huh? Nothing really new. My wife, every time I say, you're the best, honey, and he, she will text me, I know, huh? Okay? You know the word, huh? I really like that. Nothing really new, huh? The curse continues, right? The curse continues, huh? Satan and our enemy keeps overpowering us, people of God, even in our promised land. Time to really wake up and see what's happening. My question is, why? 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 Bakit? The effects continue. Guys, the effects and the symptoms continue because the cause continues in our midst. And we are not aware of it. If the effects are clear, then the cause is still there. Right? Right, Peter? You cannot deny it. If, you know, if your back is aching like me, there must be a cause. I play too much golf. Okay? Huh? Edwin, I'll play golf with you, okay? Don't worry, okay? The principle continues to operate, guys. Saw and reap. Reaping what we saw. Disobedience brings defeat and distress. As simple as that. Disobedience brings defeat and distress. Holy Scriptures, both Old and New Testament, have revealed and warned us against this curses. Very clear. Take a look at the Old Testament. Take a look at the New Testament. You will see these curses. Yet, we hardly learn from our past mistakes. D did you hear me? I will repeat. Yet, we hardly learn from our past mistakes. Did you hear me? I, I will repeat. Yet, we hardly learn from our past mistakes. Judges 2, verse 1 to 5. What does it say? The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors. And I said I would never break my covenant with you. Isn't God amazing? God was the one who brought them out of slavery into the promised land. The same God who brought you out of darkness into the light. The same God who picked you from hell and brought you to heaven. This same God said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He made that promise. He made that promise long ago. He's making this promise today. And but in verse 2, he said, for your part. We have a part. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in the land. What does that mean? Guys, don't blend with the world. Don't do what they do. Don't be like them. Be different. Satan, and by the way, guys, our life here is temporary. God has prepared a better life for us there. And yet many of us fall for this present world and blend so much in this present world that we no longer make a difference. You know what God said? For your part, you are not to make any covenant with the people living in this land. That's the Old Testament. What does the New Testament say? Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How clear is that? Scriptures tell us that God promises to deliver us. God has a plan for us. 
And yet, he warned us that if you don't do your part, something is going to go wrong. Instead, what did the Israelites do? You were to destroy the altars, but you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? Verse 3, so now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be constant temptation to you. Sounds familiar? The world system, the materialistic world system. Boy, we work hard to gain so much money in this world that we'll even perish. And yet, of course, I'm not saying money is bad. Money is good. It can be used. Possessions are good. Please, just don't make them your gods. That's what God is saying. They will be thorns on your sides. Ooh, that's painful. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all of the Israelites, the people wept loudly. Why do you think they wept? Patai, you know? Curses and defeats are sure consequences of disobedience. The sooner we see the curses we are in, the sooner we can do something about it. And I'm excited. Actually, I'm excited. I'm not sad. Okay? I'm excited. Christians, tama na. Enough is enough. Time to break the curses and reclaim God's blessings. Say amen. Amen. Diba? You know, tama na. Uh, curses, tama na. Blessings, sige na. Paano na? Huh? I really like this group. Honey, can you give me water? I'm thirsty. Huh? The title of the message is Mind Your Own Business Part 2. Okay? Remember you were here last week? Those of you who are here, the title of the message is what? Mind Your Own Business, Part 1. Now, it's Mind Your Own Business, Part 2. Salamat po. Napakabait mo. Sana huwag kang kunin ni Lord. Part 2. Okay. Mind your own business. You know, God has given us a business to mind and we keep minding somebody else's business. So guys, let's focus on our own business. Mag-MD ka na. Okay? Ano yung MD? Doktor. Pag may problema ka, mag-doktor ka, di ba? Mag-MD ka na. Curses, tama na. Blessings, ayan na. Okay? So, before I explain, mag-MD ka na, I'd like us to take a look at where we really are. I want you to be convinced. The clearer you think, the easier it is for us to proceed to do the next thing. Our disobedience is the root problem. Say amen. amen. You agree? Okay? Or you might say, Pastor, speak for yourself. Mabait ako. I'm obedient. Hindi tulad mo. Gulp ka ng gulp. Hmm. Yan, tuloy. May consequence. Okay? Si Alvin, tumatawa. Oh. If the problem is disobedience, then what is the solution? Ah, nakasama nga, Doc, Doc, birthday. Obey! Di ba? If the problem is disobedience, siyempre, obedience is the only solution. Ha? Napakasimple. Napakasimple. Pero napakahirap. Aray ko. No? Obedience is God's love language. If you want to please God, obey. And that's what brings blessings. Lakas na na. Okay? Siguro, kulang ka sa blessing na yun. Okay. Obedience. Oh, saan ka pupunta? Hindi <laughs> <laughs> ako pinansin. Galit. Question. What kind of obedience does God require? Partial ba o total? Total. Talaga? Oh, itong, itong 99.9999%. Is that obedience? No. Ba, lalakas ha. Sige, tingnan natin ha. Sige <laughs> ha. Disobedience pa yan? Eh, paano na lang si Butch? <laughs> Guys, God wants 100% obedience, no less. Say that to your person next to you. Honey, God wants 100% obedience, no less. 
All means all. Okay? All means all. All. Okay. But where in the Bible does it say, Obey all. Nasa Bible ba yan? Uy! Behind me? Let's go to the Old Testament first. Alam mo, gusto kong makita ninyo how, how definite God is. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, it says, Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do some of His commands. Hindi, all. All of His commands which I command you today, and look at the blessing. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Do you like that promise? I like that. Lalo na kung maliit ka, gusto mong tumaas. No? You know, I really like that. God, if we obey all of your commands, you will set us high above all the nations of the earth. He said that. And remember what we shared earlier? God, when He keeps His promise, he will do it. But he has conditions before he sets his promises to kick in. Old Testament, ito, negative naman. But it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes with which I charge you today, ito na, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Ouch. And then, Jesus too commands us to, to obey all. So there's God in the Old Testament and there's Jesus in the New Testament telling us to obey all. Ayan, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The NIV says, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Now, why does God or Jesus require obeying all? Not just most of all. Jesus naman? Why are you like that? That's hard. Uh, children, can you imagine if your children will, oh, you're sorry, your parents will tell you, these are all the rules and you have to obey all of them. What will you say? Mom! Mom! That's not fair! That's not fair! <laughs> to what does God associate obeying all? God's presence and God's blessings. He wants to bless you. He wants to put you high above the rest. But the condition is what? Obey all. Obeying all is God's appointed process to become Christ-like. Whoa. He saved us to become Christ-like. Are we becoming like Christ? You can answer that yourself. If you're not becoming Christ-like, you probably don't know what Christ-likeness means. You don't probably know what it looks like. But the problem, I think, is maybe you're not obeying all. That's why you're not becoming Christ-like. But, but, but I'm obeying partial. I'm obeying 80%, 90%. Eh si Butch nga, 70 lang eh. Ako, 95. Naman, naman. Siguro naman, give me credit for my efforts. You know, but that's not what God wants. He wants 100%. Because 100% is the process to become like Christ. You know why? Very simple. Jesus Christ obeyed all. Yes or no? He did not sin. The fact that he did not sin tells me he obeyed all. And if we are going to become followers of Christ, we need to obey all. How clear is that? Wow. 
Obeying all will transform the believer to become so Christ-like, to be a glowing witness to the sinful, disobedient world. Why are the numbers showing that there are more and more young people going out of the faith? Why are, why are there are people who are in the faith living the faith? You know why? Because the people inside the faith no longer reflect Christ-likeness enough to want the faith that they have. That's the indictment. And you might say, hindi ang CCF ganyan. I agree, CCF is not like that. We're the exception, okay? You agree? No. See, guys, it's an indictment to the way we live. And to me, if we start obeying all and take that seriously from the very beginning, I really believe with all my heart there will be transformation. Transformation, a glowing witness, so that the world out there, even our children from our own home, will say, I want what you believe in, and I want to remain a Christian. But until we become the kind of witnesses that we ought to be, you will see the exodus happening again and again and again. The question is this, how come we're not obeying all? I know you're sitting down saying, oh, no. Oh, no. Let me ask you a question. Are there things that you know that God commands you that you're not obeying? Don't, don't say, don't answer. Between you and God. Are you saying, God will understand? Are you contemplating on divorcing your wife? <laughs> Children, are you contemplating on rebelling? Seriously. God wants you to address all of those things, big and small, because that's his standard. And until we do and get to that level, guys, the curses that we're facing today will continue, and we will never be out of it. In fact, we will go deeper, deeper, and deeper into the hole. Let me give you some explanation. You know why we're not obeying all? Because we believe we are already obeying most of the commands and missing only a few. And that's okay. Come on, God. God is understanding. God is merciful. God is loving. He will understand. Yeah, I know. But he also gave the command that he wants to obey all. And he gave the principle that until you obey all, I'm not going to remove the curse. We believe it is not possible to obey all anyway. Pastor Dan naman. Napaka impractical mo. Do you really believe people can obey all? Okay to ah. You know, I, I, I really have encountered other people to say, you know, I think you're too unrealistic. Young people, do you really believe you can obey all? You know, see, if you go like this, you're dead in the water. Do you think God gave the command to obey all only to prostrate us? Louder, please. Do you think God gave the command for you to obey all, yet you say, then you will say, ah, you know, God understands if I don't, if I don't obey all. I, I don't think so. You see, there's got to be a change of mind here, right? Because if you believe that you cannot obey all, what kind of message are you going to give to the people under you, to your children? You know what? It's okay enough. I am not obeying all, so you don't have to obey all. Right there, you're lowering the standard. And you know, guys, I want you to see where we are wrong. Because from then on, I think we can repent and do something really good to make, to make something really exciting coming forward. I really believe. Do you really expect us to obey all? Come on. For instance, okay, I, I wanted to show you this little, little boy or little girl saying, are we supposed to obey all? Really? Obey all? For example, see, God is giving us extreme commands. Forgive your enemies. Love your enemies. 
Right, Keisha? That's hard, huh? And you, God, you expect us to do that? Why do you think he gave that? No less than Jesus said, love your enemies. Forgive your enemies. Love your enemies. So I ask you, wives, forgive your enemies. Forgive your husbands. <laughs> Children, forgive your parents. See, I'm bordering on humor, but it's a sad truth. If it's difficult and impossible, that's not for me. It's impractical. Lugi ako, lugi ako, lugi ako, lugi ako. The answer is what? Yes. God absolutely wants us to obey all. So, obviously, the reason why we're not obeying all is because we do not see the great value of obedience and more so obeying all. Yes or no? If you see the value of obeying all, I think we will all obey all and we will try. We will try even if we fail, but we will try, we will try, we will try until the numbers get look better and the, the, the odds are better in our favor. We do not see the connection between obedience to all and the blessings. I, I don't think God made a mistake in giving those clear commands. If you do this, this. If you don't do this, this. Why do you think God gave that? Of course, God is a God of grace. God is a God of mercy, yes. Right? If he knows in your heart that you are really doing your best and that you have convinced yourself that I am going to obey all no matter what. And you know what? That's when the grace of God kicks in. But when you rationalize in your head and in your mind you say, Ah, God will understand. I don't need to obey all. Patay. I don't think God is like that. But the moment you say, God, I'm here. I understand I need to obey. Satan doesn't like this message. It's hard. But nonetheless, I'm going to give it because that's the only way we can do it. Simply, we do not value the blessings associated with obeying all. We do not, we do not associate the blessings with obedience quite easily. Obeying all means growth. Obeying all means transformation towards Christ-likeness, which is what we need, which is what we want. I know you are squirming in your seat right now. You mean, Pastor, I don't look like Christ yet? I don't know. I'm not going to be the one to judge. Ask your wife, ask your husband, ask your children. Maybe they will tell you. Obeying all means great witness that will win the lost and attract the non-Christians towards Christ. Wow, these are all good promises. Obeying all means God is pleased to bless you and put you in a place of honor. These are all good promises. Now, knowing all these blessings, you are now ready to obey all, right? Bigata, no? Um... I know you still have questions in your mind. Pastor Dan naman eh, you're not being practical. Ang hirap niyan eh. I, you know, I am grappling with this and I want you to grapple with this. I know you want to obey. I, I don't doubt that. I, 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 I myself want to obey, but I, I struggle. I fail. But you know, God impressed upon me in the last one and a half years of my life that there is something that the Christian is not doing. That's why he is not able to obey all. And this sharing is from my heart. This sharing is from an experience that I experienced for the last one and a half years, that it is possible to obey all. Trust me. It's possible and that's what God wants. You see, intention is not enough. I know, I know you like to. Pastor Rinsong, di ba, alam natin, 
Tayo lahat gusto natin eh. But that's not enough. I started with intention. I like to obey. But how come I always end up short? You know why? Because there's something really missing. And that's what I want you to wake up to this morning. You might say, Christ is enough. Yeah. We've known that for a long time. That's been pounded on us over and over again. Are we obeying all? No. We're missing something, guys. We know the intention is there. We thank God for it, but there's something missing. I submit to you strategy, application key, application keys are equally important. Really? Strategy? Application key? Yeah, intention is not enough. We have to have a strategy and an application key. God made sure, hey look, God made sure he gave us the key to obey all. Yet, we miss it all the time. What is the key? He gave us the key? Yeah, what key? What key are you talking about? What is the key to be able to obey all? Where in the Bible do you see the phrase, obey all that Christ has commanded you? Guys, where do you see in the Bible where you can see this phrase? Where? Matthew 28, right? Right here. Salikud ko. He gave the strategic key to be able to obey all. Really? Ang tagal-tagal na dyan Okay? Oh, ang tagal na, pero hindi natin naintindihan eh. Hindi natin na-get. It just flies through. Let's look at it again. In the Great Commission, found in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, right here. Let's read it together, please. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Verse 20 is very clear. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Pastor naman eh. Wala naman nakalagay dyan, obey all eh. Hindi, sinasabi dyan, you teach others to obey all. Oh, others, not me. So I'm gonna teach others to obey all, not me. It sounds very simple, yet so profound, isn't it? Huh? Let me explain. Key to obey all is what? Make disciples. It involves, number one, sharing the gospel, verse 19. And verse 20, number two, teaching the believer to obey all. Meaning what? To grow and mature. To grow and mature. The key is to teach the believer to obey all. That's the key. If you don't get this, you will never get it. You see, he's not telling you to obey all directly. He's telling you to teach others to obey all. I, I, I asked myself that question. Why didn't he just say, you know, go share the gospel and then obey everything that I have commanded you? Why did he say teach others to obey? You know, that is the strategy and that is the key for you to be able to obey all. Let me explain. That was my aha moment. One year and five months ago, I found the aha. I am palayun. And I want you, and I, I waited, waited and waited for so many months to be able to confirm to myself that this is it. And this is it. I knew it is going to work, and that's why I am talking to you in this manner. Do you see why and how making disciples will make us the Christians that will obey all that Jesus commands? Let me explain. Guys, how do you teach others to obey? By lecture? Huh? By lecture? By giving instructional tips? Romy, you said it right. You model it. You live it. You know, if you're committed to teach someone to be punctual in the office, for example, or obey all the commands, you have to obey all the commands first or be punctual. If you're teaching someone not to be, not to be you know, uh, lose your temper, don't lose your temper in front of people and then tell them not to lose your temper. What am I saying? You teach others 
not by lecture, not by giving instructional tips, but by doing and modeling. So if we obey this command, teaching others to obey all, we have no choice, guys, except to model. Model. Model and do it. Modeling, obedience all, demands, guys, actual and truthful obedience to all from whom? From the one teaching. And that is going to be you if you teach. Ah, pastor, hindi ako. I'm not teaching eh. Okay? It's got to be you, the pastors only. Yeah, right. Was this command given only to pastors, by the way? Please, louder. Are you included in this command? Are you making disciples? The reason why you're not growing in Christ-likeness is because you are not modeling Christ-likeness. And you're not teaching someone intentionally. When my wife and I took this challenge of helping other leaders grow satellite movements of CCF in North America, I didn't know what to do. God simply said, make disciples, because that's what CCF is all about. And then I took a hard look at what discipleship means, and that's when it hit me hard. I've been a pastor for quite some time. I've been preaching at CCF. I've been leading Bible studies. I've been having D groups. I have a lot of people under me. But for the first time in my life, I told myself, if this is discipleship, teaching others to obey all, teaching others to obey all? I told myself, I'm not making disciples. Ako na. And you know what God told me? Yes, but you can, Danny. You can start. You start teaching the people that you're going to teach to obey all. Pero God, how will I know? Danny, ask them. Danny, spend time with them. Danny, be intentional with them. How can I know if Butch is loving his wife unconditionally if I don't ask this. Right? If I ask Butch, oh yeah, I love this unconditionally. He will always say that. But if I ask this, this, mahal ka ba ni Butch unconditionally? <laughs> Patay. You see? Discipleship is intentional. And before you can teach, before I can tell Butch, Butch, you better love your wife unconditionally, Butch will look at me. Ikaw, ginagawa mo? Oh, patay. You see, I cannot even utter the word of suggestion or anything that he will do unless I myself am doing it. And you know, when I started to realize what it takes to make disciples, nasave ako? I changed. And I repented and I started to do what I needed to do. And that's why I speak like this today, with conviction from the heart. Command to make disciple looks really scary and enticing for most. Say amen. It's scary. I'm not saying it's easy, guys. But Jesus said it. The reaction of people, ay, hindi ko kaya yan. Para kay pastor lang yan. Para kay pastor Insong lang yan. Para kay Stan lang yan. Para kay Hill lang yan. Para kay Ding lang yan. Mga mature, okay. Kaming mga ordinaryong tao, pabayaan nyo na kami. Right? No, God didn't say that. You know why? Because precisely the way for God to make you grow is if you make disciples. Oh, by the way, did he give any condition there? That he says, before you make disciple, you should finish seminary? Before you can make disciple, you should be an ordained pastor? Before you can make disciple, you should really you know, obey the Ten Commandments perfectly? And your life should be perfect. You know, because if you will follow and have that instruction, nobody will make it. God said it to everyone who believes in Jesus. Because the moment you do it, even at your imperfect state, so long as you model what you teach, you will grow. Say amen to that. Amen. Therefore, most Christians do not make disciples. Kasi nakakatakot eh. Diba? 
Therefore, they too do not get to obey and grow old because they are disengaged. You are disengaged. I was disengaged. Therefore, don't expect to grow. Theoretically, you will grow. You know all. I know all of that by Bible study already. I can name you the passage. I can name you the verse. I can, I can even recite it to you. But are you doing it? Uh, 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 I don't know. But if they believe in Jesus, they believe, they believe in the Jesus promise to those who make disciples, you will make disciples by faith. Then, believe me, you will mind your own business. You will make disciples. MD is make disciples. Okay? Mag-MD ka na. Okay? Mag-disciple ka na. Okay? Curses tama na. Blessings ayan na. Ganun kasimple. Right? I'd like to share with you a story. This is Joy and June. I asked their permission to share this story with you. They are from Maui. I met this couple five months ago and we started to disciple them long distance. When I say long distance, by phone, by FaceTime. You know, if you have FaceTime, you can see them face to face. And God, God brought us together. June is a taxi driver in Maui. And Joy is um, the wife. They've been married for two years. Um, June went to Manila to look for a wife, being a, a, an American, and found Joy. Joy is a CCFer. Okay? And Joy finished GLC1. And they got married, and June was challenged. He wanted to be discipled because he believes that CCF has a very good program of discipleship. So they got in touch with us. God connected me to them, and so I told them what discipleship is all about and what I intend to do so that we will all grow in Christ-likeness. I explained what Christ-likeness is, and I told them to obey all that Christ has commanded them. And I said, obey all that Christ has commanded them. And they looked at each other and said, huh? You know, and I said, hey, don't worry. You know, I challenged the man. You know, June, if you're serious about making disciples, here's what I'd like you to do. This is a true story. June, I'd like you to disciple your wife. And then Jen, June, 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 June looked me. He, he looked at Joy, and then Joy said, Ay, Pastor, hindi pwede. Mas marami pa akong alam dyan. Wow. Okay. You see, I said, Joy, listen to me, Joy. Who is the leader of the home? Siya, Pastor. Okay, so he will disciple you, okay? Pero, Pastor, marami pa siyang hindi alam. That's fine. That's God's business, not yours. I said, June, you are the leader. Do you like to disciple your wife? Opo, Pastor, if that's what it takes. I want to obey the command, make disciples. What do you teach joy? I will teach joy to obey all so that I will model Christ-likeness to him. I will model humility and obedience and, and selflessness to him. That was six months ago, five months ago, six months ago now. Okay? This is joy in June. You know what June did? He said, but pastor, I don't know much. Then learn. Study. Do what you need to do because you're the leader. And then model it. You know what June did? He finished GLC level one and two in two months because he wanted to disciple his wife. And then he started modeling and he started showing what it means to obey. And you know what happened to June? Last time I talked to them, after, after about one month and a half, I talked to them. What's happening? I, Joy was very excited. Pastor, my husband is really good. He's leading me and he knows much more than I do now. And he's really teaching me a lot. What's happening to your life? We're okay. 
Eh, paano yung mga issues nyo na hindi kayo nag-uubay? Inuubay na po. Inuubay na po. Ano ba ang hindi niya inuubay dati na pinag-usapan natin? Siya po, gastos ng gastos. Hindi ako binibigyan ng pera, sabi ng babae. Oy, so I corrected that. I corrected that. We corrected that. Long story short, they changed. They started to obey all. And then June, you know what happened to June? God sent him disciples. God sent him men to disciples because he started to disciple his wife. Because God knew he was ready. You know? Uh, June, after agonizing pressure, agreed to disciple his wife in spite of. But you see, God's presence was manifested because he obeyed. You know what happened? Because June obeyed to disciple his wife, God allowed June to disciple others soon after. Yes, very soon after. You know, you guys are looking for disciples. Do you know the reason why God is not sending any disciples to you? Masakit. Because God knows you're not ready. But the moment you say, I will make disciples and I will model first to my family what it means to be Christ-like, then he will send. You know what he did? God sent two men to him. June, June is the one in red. And you know what happened? After a few months, he baptized them in the river in Maui. Come on, give God a big hand for that. Come on, guys. Binaptize niya. Alam mo, binaptize niya. Nakakatuwa. How awesome is God's presence in June and Joy's life? Awesome. You know, today, this couple, they decided to leave their church and they started a CCF Maui house church. I didn't even say that. Amazing. And you know, I'm, I, won't, I won't be surprised that God will make his move in Maui because of this couple. Taxi driver. Konti lang alam. Pero ano ginawa niya? He just obeyed God's command to disciple his wife. And the rest was history. God's presence manifested and growing in their lives. The blessing shows. Started CCF Maui House Church, worshiping in the garage last March 2015. That was last month, guys. Isn't that encouraging? So, if this is how Christians today look like, so unchristlike, remember this? If this is the way Christians look like today, they don't go to church, they don't read the Bible, they don't pray, they don't obey, etc., etc. My question is this, what kind of witness will these people present to the non-Christians? Obviously bad. Post-Christianity will continue. The problem will continue. Guys, what America has become today is because of the disobedience of those before us and now us. It's time for us to stop, okay? We are failing to live a good and glowing witness to the unbelieving world. Let's stop this. Let's mind our own business. Let's make disciples, please. Let's make disciples, please. Let's make disciples, please. Here's our challenge to us. And I will close with this. Husbands, if you're a husband, I'm talking to you. Can you intentionally disciple your wife beginning today? Can I ask the husbands to please stand up? Okay. Um, I, I, I don't intend to embarrass you. Guys, nasa kamay natin. It's in your hands. And the only thing that you need to do, the intention is there, I know that. And the only thing that you need to do is to make a decision that you disciple your wife intentionally. What do you mean disciple them? Uh, Pastor, I don't know. Look. If you don't know, I just want your commitment that you want to do it. And if you want to do it, we will be here after worship. And those of you men who would like to know how exactly you want to disciple and intentionally disciple your wives, we will share it with you, Pastor Insong and I, Pastor Reggie and I. We will show you exactly what to do so that you will teach your wife to obey all that Christ has commanded you. And I know you're struggling right now. You're saying, Papano, mahirap, alam mo? Pero the moment you start doing it, the moment your wife sees 
that you are sincere and you're willing to model selfless humility and become Christ-like, God will step in and use you. Wives, do you like, do you like to be discipled by your husbands? Seriously, wives, do you want your husbands to... Pero pastor, mas marami pa kaming alam sa kanila eh. You see, that's why I shared with you, June. Wives, can I ask you to stand up right now? Please. Uh, I, want you, I want you to partner with your husbands to help them. They may know not much right now and you know more than them. But if we are going to help them be the kind of disciples that they ought to be, wives, will you give them the opportunity to disciple you without, without disrespecting them? Pakilakas naman po. And you know what? I really believe, I really honestly believe that if we at CCF do this at this level, we will explode. Why? Because Christianity will begin at home and our children will see that we are sincere in teaching them to obey, in teaching them to become Christ-like because we ourselves are going to become Christ-like as a model. Enough is enough. Huwag na tayong tumingin sa malayo. Eh, Pastor, wala pang pinapadala sa akin si Gade. Ayan, o katabi mo. Please, look at them. They need you. And I want you to model selfless humility to them. But I'm not equipped. Look, if June did it, you can. All you need to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for, for not doing it. I was scared. But we're willing to help you because this is what we need. And then, you are now parents standing up. Together, will you disciple your children? What do you mean disciple? Teach them to obey all. There you go again. You cannot teach them to obey all unless you yourself are obeying all. Unless you yourself are showing them that you are willing to change and you're becoming Christ-like. Husband, wife. Husband and wife, children. Now, I'm going to ask Kuya and Ate. Kuya, Ate, disciple your, young, your, your younger brother and your sister. You know why? Because they will see. And you know who will benefit? You. Guys, those who are making disciples are the ones who will benefit because he who teaches and models will be the one who will change. And Ate Kuya, you know, look at your younger sister. Model Christ-likeness. Model humility. Model servant attitude. And believe me, God will bless you. You think the university and the college and this work that you're going to give will bless you? Yes, they will to a certain extent. But if God will be the one to touch you and give you the means to be blessed because you're obeying all and you're making disciples to your younger brothers and your younger sisters, you'd be amazed how awesome your life will be. Nandun lang pala ang susi. It's not in your friends. It's not in anything else. But in your making disciples of ate, of your younger brother and your younger sister. I will close with this. When families obey all that Christ commands us, Christianity will be revived. Say amen to that. Amen. Christianity will be revived. I'd like us all to stand and pray. God, look at us. We're, we're willing to obey God. Lord, we pray for the husbands here right now who were probably hesitant to step up. But Lord, you know our hearts. We're willing to see our, our families go better. We're willing to see our families change. 
kami pa, Lord, gusto namin talaga ang buhay namin magbago. Hindi lang namin alam, Lord. So, dami na namin alam, Lord, we know that you are the only one we need, Jesus. You're enough and we want you to change us from inside out. And Lord, the only way that we can change from inside out is if we step up and disciple our wives. So I, I just lift up to you the men here, O oh God. I pray that you give them the vision to see that as their families change, as they themselves change, this world will change. And I pray for the wives as well, O oh God. I pray that uh, they will begin to be the kind of respectful and submissive wives that they ought to be, giving and modeling to their children what it means to submit to authority and what it means to help one another become Christ-like. And Lord, I pray for the, for the children, the ate, kuya, and, and all of the children who are here right now. And Lord, I pray that uh, they will forgive their parents for not being good examples in times. But also I pray, Lord, that you will convict them for not being good examples to their younger brothers or sisters or even to their friends. Lord, would you revive us? Lord, would you revive this church? In fact, not only this church, Lord, begin with us so that we can teach the other churches of what is missing in our Christian lives today. Lord, be with us as we make disciples. Change us and change this country. I believe in that promise, Lord, and all we have to do is to break the curse and do what we need to do to obey all. Thank you, Lord, and we look forward, Father, for you moving in our midst, your presence, Lord, your presence, and we look forward and claim victory over our families already and over our immediate members of our families and even our relatives, Lord, so that CCF, Lord, will begin to make a movement of people making disciples and change our city. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of the people said, Amen and Amen.